Welcome to Business Talk. We're here to chat with entrepreneurs and professionals ranging across different topics. And today's talk is part of our communication and business series called What the Talk. Today, I'm joined with Robin Mahadeva, a preserver of workplace culture in the Canadian financial services sector. She has over 25 years developing global talent and is a manager of people experience at Cat Pension Plan. And joining Robin is one of our experts on communication and the power of the subconscious mind, Dr. Dalton Kehoe, a entrepreneur with his company, Communicate for Life. You can learn more about our guests in the description below. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Awesome. So I, I just want to say pandemics and epidemics are nothing new in history. They come and go, and places around the globe are talking about coming back to the office. But before we get into how your work is preparing leaders to constructively communicate another shift to their employees, I want you to set a baseline, Robin, for listeners on the rules around um, coming back into or coming into the office and remote work before the pandemic. Well, yes, thank you. That is definitely on our radar right now. And I guess what, what's really on my mind and what, what's on uh, our leadership uh, over at CAP Pension Plan's minds is uh, flexibility, uh, providing flexibility for our employees and really almost over-communicating um, the options to our employees so they feel well-informed, they feel like this is a, a safe environment, and they have, they have options. And, and it sounds like that's nothing new, like, you know, as things would shift in the past or there's new, new processes in place in terms of, you know, remote work and how people should be coming into the office. Is that the strategy? It's always over communication or is this particularly something new that you're doing now? Well, we've always been an organization that, that values uh, frequent communications for sure. But I think with, uh, with the pandemic, we have had to really um, highlight communication as, as primary. So this is, this is something I guess has been escalated uh, throughout, the, throughout COVID and it will continue as, as we transition back into uh, more of a hybrid work environment. So, so like what are you using to measure success of your, you know, your training and leadership uh, effectiveness in this process of communicate communicating you know these changes well we've always um, you know measures of success for training have we've always used the tried and true uh, monitoring participation levels making sure people feel engaged um, certainly post event feedback that never really went away and uh, for leaders we conduct annual 360 assessments um, so continual feedback has always been a very important part of our, our DNA at CAT. And, but this is broadened now, really. We're starting to look uh, a lot more at employee engagement scoring and how that links in with the quality of our training and what needs to, what needs to take place. We now have um, a platform that allows us to dig deeper into skills progression because we're growing and we need to upskill so we can monitor that now and, and see which areas of skills we need to highlight, um, succession and promotion levels and how we tie that back to training. So we're really broadening our, our measures of success 
um, ever since COVID. Definitely sounds quite robust, that's for sure. Uh, probably a handful to, to manage, um, but, but definitely important. I guess, uh, and this is where Dalton is really going to be able to, to lend a, a lens from the psychology perspective, but you know, how, ha you know, how did leadership styles change? You know, how did managers, employees cope? Did they remain the same or get better or worse? How so? Well, for me, I, I work a lot with leaders at CAT, and I noticed a, a few things, and perhaps some some that might resonate with your, your listeners as well. Um, when we were all working remotely, I noticed that initially the focus was really on um, – you know, creating, you know, we were all of a sudden we were virtual, all of a sudden we were working remotely. So um, it was really just kind of creating some controls around how do we stay productive? How do we create uh, a bit more rigor in, in our reporting structures? So leaders always had that line of sight as to who's doing what. And it was almost like we were just really trying to figure out how to control things because um, because now we can't just go to our direct reports desk and ask them how things are going. We, we use Microsoft Teams, and so that became and still became uh, one of our, it still is one of our more primary communication channels for a really quick conversation. And then we saw a shift, really within a few weeks, we saw a shift um, in, in leadership, in our employees, and what started off as, how do we keep uh, the work going? How do we keep momentum in a, in a um, remote environment? It started to shift into, okay, how do I keep my team engaged? So uh, how do I keep them from um, feeling isolated, from um, feeling anxious, from feeling, you know, some, of, some people felt um, maybe even a bit of depression because we were so connected together in our workplace. And so our leaders really started to shift right away into leading with much more empathy. Um, listening became a very core skill in with our leaders. It was already present, but it was really amplified through COVID. And just keeping those communication lines open and finding new ways to, to have fun together and to socialize uh, really became the focus. So um, to say it, either remain the same or got better or worse, I'm not really sure, but I would say that we all became very aware of how important it is to be authentic and to be empathetic as leaders during COVID. And we all kind of evolved our leadership styles as a result. So I guess it, I guess you could say it did get Fair, better. But uh, you know, you mentioned a, a key thing here and Dalton, I'd love to get your perspective because you talk a lot about in your book and in your lectures, uh, this, this, this dynamic around control talk and um, connective talk. And Robin mentioned mm -hmm. here, there is a general, a general feeling of, you know, we, we want to maintain some level of control. Uh, can that spiral out of control? What's your, what's your perspective on that? Well, well, the first perspective I want to give you is I'm really impressed about how um, Robin has given us a ton of examples about how people can use Connect Talk. I mean, Connect Talk, it turns out, is the most powerful talk that we can use as human beings. It's the, it's the one that actually builds not only relationships, but it also allows the, emo the, um, the mind to be emotionally free, right? That, that is to provide your energy. Um, and Connect Talk really opens up people to 
actually doing work in the magic. So in other words, telling people what to do gets them to work. Asking people what to do and also smiling while you do it not only engages them in the work, but also frees the energy of their adaptive unconscious, the part of the mind that most managers have never heard of, um, because that's where the energy comes from. That's the part of the mind that connects directly to the body and frees you to open up yourself to get the work done. So it sounds like you guys are doing all the right things to keep that part of the mind open and positive, because that's actually what's allowing you to be productive during these very difficult times. Um, and also allows, apparently allows your managers not to have to step back into control talk, which is commanding people to do things, threatening people by the, even by the tone of their voice. I mean, it's amazing how subtle all this kind of stuff is. Connect mm -hmm. talk is basically the, the voice that has a smile in it. Control talk, whether you say bad controlling words or not, is the, is the voice that actually has the sound of control in it, right? the potential for control, because that's how sensitive your mind is to what's going on in any situation. And it seems like you guys have actually gone out of your way to make sure that that doesn't happen in, in these difficult times. I know that you know the COVID presence, uh, like any other major negative presence, should put people on edge. And literally we mean on edge by, that is, make their adaptive unconscious minds much more sensitive to anything that's threatening, anything that's anything that can be negative. And that means that as, as, as managers, uh, you have to work a little harder at being positive and connective because they're already prepared to hear bad things, right? Because they're already set up by the disease itself and the separation created by the disease and also the, the general threatening quality of the disease to hear bad things, critical things, overbearing things, any of those things that say, you know, just stop doing that, get back to work kind of things. And it sounds like your managers and your company is not doing that kind of thing, that your managers are working very hard to stay on side with. So how's it going? You know, can you do, can we do this differently? Can we do it a little bit better than we did before? That kind of connective talk as managers is what allows people to free up their energy and work a little extra harder, a little extra hard, even when they're at home and even when they're under pressure from a larger disease. You guys sound like you're doing a great job on this. Thank you. I mean, it, it's 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 definitely interesting. I guess to your point, Dalton, you mentioned it's so easy to fall, you know, fall back into control talk. Do you find Robin like that's that's something that takes a lot of energy to fight against, or and you know, it, it's a, totally okay if it is. But I guess how does your training um, uh, allow you to kind of expel the least amount of energy <laughs> and, and not fall into the control talk. And I guess uh, your training um, is one thing, but then, you know, is there a, a particular kind of training that you have your managers, your CEOs uh, participate in? Because it's, it's going to, like, the fact of the matter is, within a year, we're all being told to come back collectively into the office, many of us, or at least with uh, adjusted hours. So... There, there is a little bit of a, there is a little bit of a community behind this whole work from home piece and and you know policies might be against that. How do you how do you effectively communicate and provide that training where people don't fall into that control mentality? Well, it, I'm I'm fortunate enough to work at an organization where that wasn't a 
that wasn't a tough sell or a far stretch for for our leaders. Uh, they already um, have those skills, but really, as I said before, it just became much more amplified during COVID. And we, you know, in the people strategy team where I work, our goal was really just to enable the environment and support our leaders with the policy, the procedures, and the tools to so that they could um, keep their teams engaged and keep um, keep running their shops, right, and keep and keep going. And that control talk um, really resonates because. Um, it's easy to slip into that, particularly when everyone's just trying to keep the, you know, keep the, keep their feet on the gas. But really, how we support them in training is through um, first. We, there's a lot of research and a lot of content out there, as you know, on uh, remote work, keeping your team engaged virtually, all sort of things. So I had uh, no problems finding content to uh, support our leaders and courses to support our leaders. But really it's, it's, the, it's the human skills that we showcase every week um, through constant learning content on um, active listening and emotional intelligence and leading with empathy and being authentic and um, critical thinking. And I, I would say that um, the shift we've made as a leadership community, in my organization anyway, has been one more of a, a listening, uh, listening as leaders ver versus always being the one to talk. So back to your point on how do we conserve energy? We listen. <laughs> we listen more. We get curious about our staff. And, um, and that's, that's the best thing you can do to help engage and keep them motivated in my, in my view. Yeah, well, what's going on here is that, you know, you're actually going through all the elements of my third type of talk. I, I, you know, I divide a talk into three general types, right, which is connect talk, control talk. But the talk that actually saves situations and keeps them going, when, particularly when they're difficult, is dialogue talk. Mm -hmm. And asking questions and listening openly, as you've just suggested, is one of the key ways of doing that. But it all begins with the last letter of dialogue, which is emotional self-management. How do your managers, you know, manage their emotions to, to be positive rather than to be automatically negative, which, of course, is what the COVID moment actually encourages, right? When people don't do what they want to do or when they're at home and they actually aren't in the office and can't talk to directly, what keeps you from actually being sharp with them? What keeps you from actually undermining all your effective communication styles, particularly when things go wrong? Asking questions and listening, which is the key, the core of my dialogue model, um, is one of the ways to do that. Right? Um, like, instead of saying, what the hell is wrong with you? How about, can you tell me what's going on? It's a whole different tone of voice, but more importantly, it's not, it's not as directly critically personal and therefore not controlled. So, so, so that's interesting. And that's interesting, Dalton, because I, I wanted to ask Robin, like, the fact, what... What Dalton has described here is essentially you're asking employees for feedback as well in this process. And so I wonder um, in your, you know, coming back to work policy now that things are opening up a little bit more, how much of the policies or the communication that's going out been informed by kind of querying or polling 
your employees? Have they had a contribution or has this been just top down? This is our policy, but we're doing an effective job at communicating the policy. Mm -hmm. Well, aside from following provincial guidelines, of course, uh, we don't put out any policy without engaging our, our staff. And so um, we have some very active committees at, in my organization, employee engagement committees, we have inclusion diversity committee, we have social committee, <laughs> yeah, we have lots of committees um, full of really smart people who provide us with valuable input on what's the right thing to do, uh, what's in line with our core values. So our policy in this respect um, comes after many uh, requests for feedback, survey to surveys to all staff, and it's still not fully baked. We still we're still refining it. We're still getting ready to put it out there. But once it's out there, we know that our staff have been already informed and have had. Um, some say, and has been able to provide input into the decision. I think that's totally fair. Um, I, I, I know I was talking with Dalton uh, before the show here around businesses, especially entrepreneurs today, smaller shops, it's so hard for them to get talent as it is. But what mm -hmm. you what we're finding is, is actually there's some research to suggest that a lot of people are choosing, you know, to kind of resign and find other kind of work. Um, either one that they don't feel like the, the, you know, definitely their passions maybe have changed, but another one is, you know, they don't feel that potentially they've been uh, consulted in, the, you know, coming back and, and how they're going to be working moving forward. And so you lose that talent. So it's hard enough to get that talent. It's, it's even, but it's super easy to lose it. And um, I guess I'm, I'm wondering, is there a concern, um, at, at the office around retention, coming back from uh, from kind of a lockdown approach for over a year, or, you know, or is that kind of mitigated uh, by the research you're doing and the kind of polling and the communication that you're doing with employees? I I, I don't know whether I would call it a concern, but I I do know that it's very it, we are laser focused on it. And because, you know, the talent market right now, it's really, it's really active. And talent acquisition has always been a competitive space, I would, uh, to some extent, but now more than ever, because of the, the things that you mentioned on people are rethinking their, um, what work means to them, uh, rethinking their lifestyles, rethinking what workplace and workspace means to them. So I would say that, um, we're not concerned, but we're definitely keeping it on our radar and always making sure. And I guess I'm biased because I do need the people experience team. So that is top of mind every single day for us on making sure that the experience our employees have every day at CAT is one that is um, open, welcoming, um, engaging and challenging for people. What you have here is the, is the best possible of all kinds of workspaces. You use connection and connective talk 
in order to keep the emotions positive among your employees because that's where the energy for the work comes from. But more interestingly, when you have problems, you seem to automatically switch to what I call dialogue talk. That is, you ask questions and you listen, but first you manage yourself emotionally so that, in fact, you don't communicate the edginess that comes out of a difficult situation. And COVID, of course, creates a difficult situation for anybody and everybody. So I think you guys are doing all the right things. Um, in fact, it's amazing. I, if, I, if I were actually doing a, a, a seminar on this, I would invite you in as a speaker. I, I mean, it, it's just, it just works perfectly. Had a knock as your employee is after coming back from a lockdown. It would definitely be one yeah, to do. Well, I, I would I would say that we're not we're not perfect. We're getting there. We're learning every day. Yeah. But I'm happy about the well the way it's going. Yeah. Certainly working in the right direction. And if, like I said, if I were doing a seminar, and I no longer do seminars live, because um, uh, I did it for years and years with the business school and things like that, um, I would invite you in as a guest speaker, and then I would make you stand up and say all the things you're saying now <laughs> as, as a way of justifying everything I was saying to them. Without an example. Well, right? on, on that so, note, uh, the, the great thing is this platform has given an opportunity for both of you to kind of uh, share your expertise and your experience. And we're, we're about at yeah. the end. And so, you know, as a thank you uh, for joining us on this conversation, I kind of want to roll out the red carpet to both of you. Um, Dalton, uh, I'd like to, to go with you first. Uh, anything that you'd like to plug? What do you got going on uh, these days uh, as, as we're returning back from... Uh, well, I think, I, I think my workshop at the business school was called Mindful Management. And I've taken all that stuff, plus a whole bunch of new stuff that I've written, and put it on my course. I put it on my website called Communicate for Life. So if you want to find out what I've been talking about, just go to communicateforlife.ca. There are books there. There are sort of small workshops there. Presentations by me there. I hope it's informative. I think it is. I think you actually love it because it fits so well with what you're allowed to do. Thank That's you. awesome. And Robin, uh, same thing to you. What do you got going on? Or is there any advice, uh, words of wisdom you'd like to give to your fellow colleagues uh, as they're uh, kind of fighting the front lines of uh, this uh, uh, compounding complexity as we return from uh, lockdown? Oh, okay. Well, I'm uh, what have I got going on? There's so much going on. Uh, I can't I can't name everything because it's uh, you know we're just we just keep going with new projects and new initiatives, uh, so I, which I'm very excited about all of them. But the word the words of wisdom I would say uh, to my to my colleagues in HR to my colleagues in in learning is really to stay flexible. I think that and, and this probably no surprise to anyone is just being flexible and nimble to the changes, um, being okay with uh, throwing things out and starting fresh again, and um, really listening to what the business needs is probably the most important thing. And I'm still learning every day on that. And I'm, I'm lucky enough to work for an organization where I can have my hands in all different things within our within our uh, different lines of business. So I'm learning every day. So keep learning and stay flexible. Awesome. Thank you both.